0: passionate DJ podcast where it's all about becoming a better DJ through passion and purpose and now your host David Michael
1: hello everybody welcome back to the passionate DJ podcast I'm of course your host David Michael hi what's up (laughs) how you guys doing (laughs) (laughs) pretty good
0: (laughs) doing well doing well pretty good
1: I assume (laughs) Cool. So today we're coming in uh, with the, an episode that we're tentatively titling, tentatively titling, uh, I wish. <laughs> so this is all about things that we wish about either DJing or the DJ industry or our local scene, uh, kind of the general topics that we talk about promoting and all, all that sort of stuff that fits together in the same mold. What we wish about that. Um, so I've got been kind of thinking about this over the past few days, and I've got a couple of ideas I can go with. One of mine, or do you guys want to start?
0: No, you go ahead.
1: Okay, so I, I have one that <laughs> I'm just going to jump right into it, right into it right away, and probably like hate mail zone. But I I wish that DJing wasn't so. I'm trying not to say douchebaggy. I wish that it it wasn't perceived as being this sort of cool thing to do for college age, you know, the bros. And we talk about the fist-pumping festival bros. Not that there's anything wrong with any of that, but I wish that it wasn't taken as this fad, this passing thing that, you know, you jump on the bandwagon, get whatever you can out of it, and then ditch it, you know, because... All of us sitting in this room, and probably most of the people listening to this podcast, unless they're brand new to it, I mean, this is something we've been into for years and years, and have a real, uh, you know, passion for the music and the scene that surrounds it. And as good, as much good as the the whole uh, wave of popular electronic music in America, you know, as as much good as that's done for our scene, you could argue, probably, but um, <laughs> it, it also comes along with this. It, it, it almost makes you look like you were hopping on the bandwagon, even if you've been into this for ten or twenty years. Oh, you're a DJ right. too, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, Cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I know that that's petty, and and but I mean, this is an I wish episode, so right. You know, if if I could just magically wave a wand of something that's not exactly probably fixable, <laughs> right. it would be that. Is that It, it people would, I guess, take. When people ask what I like to do, what do you do, what are your hobbies, any kind of question like that.
0: That they didn't get that disgusted look on their face when you say, I'm a DJ. I, and
1: it's not <laughs> even that they do that, but it's that I'm afraid they're going to. Like, sure. It, sure. I, I hesitate whenever I answer that unless yeah. it's somebody that I know is also in into it the same way that I am. Right. And I even hesitate to tell other people who are DJs sometimes if I don't know them because... I'm like, I don't want to offend them with that, that being my perception of what, you know, it, it's kind right. of a weird thing, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I just, I wish that people knew what this meant to me and that it wasn't just like, a something that I did cause I wanted to get girls while it was cool kind right. of thing. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you guys ever run into that when you're, when you're talking to somebody where you give. Pause for a second when, <laughs> when you're about to tell them that
0: all the time now, especially because you so know that's not just me. No, <laughs> no. no. It, 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 you're absolutely right. Without without trying to be um, derogatory, mm-hmm. absolutely, it was this whole like bro thing that like everybody you know kind of has this uh, aversion to, and
1: it's just because it makes it feel
0: clicky. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I should clarify that because I like I don't want that to be taken as like I'm just like hating on this particular group of people or something like that. It's just it makes it feel exclusionary, which is not what which goes against what I believe in for this stuff.
0: Well, and it goes against what it was all founded upon. You know, like I mean, even just looking at how shows are thrown, you know, we uh, up until dubstep. The only genre that really ever got its own uh, shows. Actually, there were two that I can think of off the top of my head. Like nobody ever just threw just a house show Mm -hmm. or just a trance show. There were a couple of, you know, small pockets that did just happy hardcore and just drum and bass. And those were very specific pockets. But, you know, those were still part of the larger community. So, you know, all of your bigger shows back then all of those genres were represented and they were all part of the lineup and, you know, it was what it was and, and there was this, as cliche as it is now, or it's become a parody of itself, of course, but plur, you know, peace, love, unity, respect, you know, and it was a huge culture, but then here comes this very clicky movement yeah. that revitalized the scene, yes, and, you know, and, and we've we've discussed, you know, the, the effects of that on you know, countless other episodes, but yeah, all of a sudden now things do feel very clicky. And if you're not in, then you're out. And it's, and and it and it's very off-putting, especially for people who may have left the scene for a little bit and yeah. then they come back and then they're like, oh no, screw this. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm out of here. Like
1: the, <clears throat> the plur thing's kind of interesting that you bring up too, because that, that concept is something that it, I, and probably most people that I know, have kind of like made fun of and took jabs at for sure. as, as long as I've ever heard about it. Sure. But is simultaneously something that I've always actually believed in. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So right. it's like eat, poke fun at of you, yeah, blah, blur or whatever, trance <laughs> and unicorns. And do, but really, I mean, peace, you know, I'm, I absolutely hate when there's conflicts that happen at shows, right. you know, and there's fistfights or somebody getting thrown out or, you know, we were just talking More about an incident crew recently that happened, inter-crew yeah. drama, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, Unity, obviously, all the stuff that we talk about, about uh, the rising tide lifting all boats and trying to support, especially in a small town, trying to support the scene. Right. Um, you know, love goes without saying and then respect. I mean, that's the the whole ego thing. That's where that comes in. So right. we, we talk about all these things individually.
0: <laughs> right.
1: So as as much fun as we maybe poke at that, maybe. Um, yeah, it really that was a a great uh, set of principles to found a scene on if you're going to do that. Right. It's
0: too bad that it became a bumper sticker. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean it, because it, it, because exactly that, you know, it just, and, and for a lot of people, it it, it was a parody when they even first heard it, you know, a lot of people, you know, came into the scene and, you know, everybody has their reasons for getting into anything, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, some people just came to the scene to, you know, get screwed up on drugs and other people came in and you know because they just wanted to be weird, you know, or whatever. Yeah. You know, and, and I use the word weird in a in a very loose fashion. I don't mean uh, that jo- joining a subculture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um but, you know, I mean to your point, you know, there's a lot of reasons that people get into DJing and there's there's definitely now an even more negative connotation today than there was when i got into it Mm. and you know when i got into it it was still oh you're just getting into it because you know you're jumping on a bandwagon really because i think this looks pretty cool and it looks fun and i'm kind of interested in it like i want to see how it all works and then once i did figure it all out and play around with it a little bit I sucked really bad at first but then I got good at it you know and it's just one of those things where like when you find something that you're good at and you like it and you love it and you know okay so okay so other people are into it so what but it's those other people that get into it with you know the whole drugs you know because if I'm the DJ I'm the cool guy and I can get a bunch (laughs) of drugs or I can sleep with all the hot women and and you know Do those things happen? Sure. You know, but where does your passion lie? Like, are you doing it because of the women and the drugs or whatever your, you know, insert whatever other reason is that's a negative connotation for a DJ? Or are you doing it because you truly love it? And if you do truly love it, then if those other things are your bag, well, they'll be there for you to, you know, to, to partake in. But, you know, at the end of the day, are you a passionate DJ or not? Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: I think that that's, that's kind of why I bring this point in is it, and and, you know, like I said, it does seem kind of petty at first for like, why do I care? You know? Right. But the thing is like just coming in as somebody who approached this from really a pretty nerdy perspective, (laughs) right? right? Like I came into this because I love music. I played the piano since I was a kid I started producing. I wanted to figure out how to perform this kind of music that I discovered through doing all this production stuff. And so, like, I, this is something that's just built into me as a person. And it's hard for me to accept that when I introduce myself to somebody and say that I'm a DJ, that the first thing that comes into their head is like, "Poly D. <laughs> we <laughs> or, are your friends. Right. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so it's I we that's what I love are about your <laughs> That's what I love about this show though is because it gives it gives me us a place to spout out you know spout off about all this stuff that we really care about like all the core principles and stuff sure. about without me having to be like <laughs> give the speech every time i introduce myself like hi i'm i'm a dj but not like that kind <laughs> like <laughs> you know like the good kind <laughs> so yeah anyway yeah uh, that was that was kind of my first do you guys want to toss one in you have any wishes oh i should also throw in real quick just to give the disclaimer because we never know if this is somebody's first time um but my problem relates specifically to like club and performing type DJs, not necessarily mobile DJs, radio DJs, other types, you know. This podcast is for all types, so I would forget to throw that in sometimes. So right. That's why I bring that in. Some some wedding DJs are like, "I've never run into these problems."
0: <laughs> <laughs> Very true. As a wedding DJ, I never did have that problem.
1: <laughs> uh, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead.
2: Um, so my first wish um is kind of basing a little bit off of what you had already said when we just talked about is um i wish people knew more of what the dj was actually doing mm, okay we, like people in a in a crowd in in the crowd yeah you know um you have some people that know but majority of the people have no idea what's going on up there um and it's uh it's it's frustrating when you have um when, when you're playing a big show okay and you have, uh, I'll go to a show that I played, um, The Room Opener. He, um, college kid, just, you know, learning how to DJ. Okay. Um, sold, I don't know, 40 or 50 tickets to this show. So they let him open the room. And, I mean, you know, from, <sighs> from a DJ's perspective, has been playing 20-plus you know, years, this kid was awful. Okay. But he sold so many tickets that, you know, they let him play, whatever. So he he's playing, you know, doing his thing, just really segging, segging the songs, not really mixing, you know. Um, and all 50 of his people were on the dance floor, you know, and then I come on and I'm actually direct support for the headliner, which was Morgan Page. And as soon as I started playing, like, I had a, a friend of mine, Marcus, was on the on the dance floor and, you know, heard these kids talking like, God, this guy's horrible, <laughs> you know. But... It's it's really not because my skills are horrible. It's because they don't know the music that I'm playing and what I'm actually doing. So maybe um, you just suck, Tony. Maybe you know, you've just been wrong there, this I whole mean, time. I know, right? I'm done. I'm done. Um, Hang up your headphones. Right. My passion and purpose is over. Um, no, but uh, they just had no idea the music that I was playing. They weren't interested in the music that I was playing. I, you know, I wasn't... I wasn't putting on a show per se I wasn't jumping up mm-hmm. on a table and pointing you know it it's and the conversation that we had had earlier about mm-hmm. um a lot of people go to the shows they they really don't know what's going on and they're you know they have their phones up they're they're videotaping they're taking pictures. what are they taking pictures of Is it,
1: yeah, it's some some production element. They're taking or, pictures of the of the cryo or or the,
2: or the DJ up on the table, pointing or jumping in yeah. the air or throwing a cake in the face. They're not really understanding of, of you know what the DJ is doing back there, and that's something that I wish you know they they seem to love the music and and really rage and and do their thing to the music, but um you know they really don't understand. I don't, you know, that's something that I wish. And even back in the day, in the rave days, dude, we didn't, there were stages here and there, but I mean, you were on a fold out table, you know? And, and that's when I first came, when I first, if you were
0: lucky sometimes, my back still hurts from the (laughs) nineties. When I
2: went to my first rave from, uh, from a top 40 club that I was DJing at here, you know, I, walked in didn't know what to expect and there was you know 1500 kids and they were staring at the DJ but they were all you know they were grooving and they were like they were in tune with what that DJ mm. was doing you know they were and you know if a DJ fell off kids knew it you know what right. i mean now like I, I I just don't think they they know better, you know. It's and like I where I,
1: anything goes. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I just wish that kids really knew, you know. And and, and I don't I don't even want to say kids because there's a lot of people out there that just don't yeah. know. You know, there could be some 50, 50 year old at you know a Tiesto concert and whatever. But um, I just wish they dove more into, you know, what it is that the the you the people me- that take, you know more minimal style songs mm. and overlay things and kind of you know do it that way as opposed to you know a minute and 30 seconds of a song that's just blowing up going crazy and you know of like a radio play yeah and, and, and edit yeah. you know and, and realize that hey we have two songs or three songs or stems and effects here and effects here and effects here and we're, you know, doing all kinds of stuff, it's not like we're just, you know, so playing you, two boring songs, you right. know?
1: So you wish that people understood more, at least the, uh, understood the artistic element of, Absolutely. of what you're trying to do. Absolutely. Yes. You know, um, well, it's, like it's
0: that. a, it's really
1: Said every artist ever, that, probably. Right, I,
2: right, That that visual aspect, though, has like they're really not visually appealed to this. They're visually visually appealed to the to the cryo and the confetti blast and yeah, yeah. You know,
0: it's it's, it's interesting you bring that up because it's it, it's really convenient for everyone to not really know or understand or care and even worse is that continuously or that continually perpetuates our problem with, and I'm going to use air quotes here, talentless hacks. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like because people don't really understand, you know, for example, I I was at work one day uh, and it's one of the, one of the guys in my department comes over and he's probably in his 50s. And he comes over and he was all like, hey, you know, I was watching this, some channel on cable. And he was all like, there was a uh, there was a a concert and it was DJs playing. And he was like and it was the music was kind of cool. He was like "And the stage show was really, really intricate and really explosive and, you know, really impressive stuff. He said, but I got to tell you, I was bored as hell sitting there just watching the guy push buttons and didn't really, mm. and, and he never did say who it was or mm-hmm. give me any other context than that. And he was all like, is that what you do? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you know, when you take people who have that kind of understanding of what it means to be a performer
2: mm-hmm.
0: and apply that context here. So like, if you you know, go and see a band, like, you know what the guitar player is doing, you mm-hmm. know what the drummer is doing, you know that the you know that the vocalist, you know, has you know put some kind of you know training and practice and whatever into their voice, you know, but nobody's really as uh nobody's really as familiar with the DJ equipment as DJs are. Yeah. You know, so when people who are not really familiar with the concept of taking multiple songs or parts of songs and then putting those together in some kind of a creative way you know everybody just kind of like stands there and and is looking for something else because they don't have anything to yeah. really grasp onto.
1: which makes it hard like kind of going back to my point it makes it hard to express exactly what it is that uh i want them to realize about what i do and what i like about djing and stuff right. because like they're trying to find you know a lot of people who are just discovering or just getting interested in electronic music or what however their introduction to the scene or djing is right um and so they're they're looking for the performance and not everybody is necessarily performing in the way that we think of it right so but it, you know I can I can appreciate somebody doing something on the level as you know same level as Qbert or Craze or something like that. But I can also appreciate some DJs who do nothing but mix one piece of wax into another piece of wax and use using EQ and faders and track selection. And st- I'm still willing to call it art. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And but that that's hard to tell somebody who's new to it because. I also say DJs are not iPods. You know what I mean? And so yeah. that there's more to it than that. But it so it, it's it's kind of hard for me me personally to ex- express what it is that I want them to realize because yeah, the DJ's doing more up there than pushing play and listening to songs, but how how do I explain to somebody who's not into that? That that can be done in an artful way. I mean, I th- right. I think that a mixtape can be done with an artistic approach. And I mean, in the old school yeah. way of thinking of a mixtape or a compilation.
0: Yeah. You know. Agreed.
1: Um, it's about you know it's the same idea as building an album when you when you've completed recording all the tracks for an album. The ordering and the way the tracks go into each other—all that stuff really makes a difference, or at least it used to. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, listen to anything by Pink Floyd, for example, to yep. to catch that point. Right.
2: That's what made me fall in love with Sasha and Digweed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, perfect examples. So.
0: Yeah, and in the in the event with my coworker, you know, his interactions with DJing. You know, is probably limited to a mobile DJ of some sort, or a wedding a wedding DJ, or something like that. To where you know, his his context of a DJ is I go give this guy a request, and he throws it in the queue and plays it at some point. They don't see it as the, <laughs> they see it as a, as a you know?
1: service and not a performance. Right,
0: or. right. So right. it, you know, that's I, I'm I'm with Tony. I think I think the the result of Everybody being more aware and uh, of everybody being more aware would be kind of devastating to the talentless hack, but yet enlightening for everybody else, like for everybody else that doesn't know what's really going on. Not saying that you have to intricately care. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, like, you know, but at least just have some kind of an idea because uh, I I was telling you guys earlier, you know, and I'll I'll share this. It's a little embarrassing, you know, you know, but 16, 17 years ago, uh, 18 years ago, uh, when I first got into the rave scene, you know, I'm going to these parties and stuff and I see the DJ up there. I see records and stuff and I, I, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm like, well you know, so what's this guy doing? You know, but you know, hearing the music, well, you know, the only records I ever knew were my mom's records, you know? So, and that was a a healthy collection of everything from Motown through, you know, classic Southern rock, you know? So it, it was just a a weird thing for me to think, okay, so what records are these? You know, it didn't put that much thought into it. Nothing really clicked. So in my head, I took more of a production kind of, you know, understanding of it. Oh, well, these records over here must just have like beats on them, you know, and then mm. these records over here, you know, cause the DJ's playing with a lot of knobs and back queuing a bunch of stuff. And, you know, and of course I didn't know that terminology at the time. It's just the way my brain was putting everything together that this guy's like actually making new music out of older records on the fly, something, you know, whatever. And then once I, you know, Stayed in the rave scene, got to, you know, love it a little bit more and then started meeting a couple of DJs and then went to a couple of their houses. And then somebody showed me, you know, this is how you do it. And, yeah, here's some records. And I'm like, oh, wait, that's like a whole song. It's already done. Oh, man, that's not nearly as complicated as I thought it was. (laughs) Right famous last words right, right so right. then all of a sudden that you once i got into it then it's a whole like oh. <laughs> it is harder than it looks but <laughs>
2: <laughs> absolutely especially with records man
0: right, yeah right. yeah for sure i think one of my wishes would be uh and i, and I know it's going to make me sound all curmudgeon or whatever but I, I i think i would really love it if technology would slow down not to the point of like not what I would expect you to say. Right, right. I mean, you know, considering how deeply ingrained technology is in my life and as much as I have embraced newer technology as far as DJing is concerned, and I'm not saying to stop the innovation, what I'm saying is it's all moving way too quick. You know, there people are these companies that make the DJ equipment treat this stuff like it's a smartphone that you trade in every 2 years. You know, mm-hmm. and for me, I, you know, I've, I've got, you know, the same turntables that I bought in 1999, you know, and I've, you know, done a, a few overhauls and a few upgrades to them and stuff like that, but they're still the same turntables. Sure, I've, you know, upgraded, you know, to the, the controller, which, you know, has its own mixer in that, but... I mean, for the longest time, I had, you know, two 1200s and a DJM 600, and that was all I needed for the longest time. Right. Now, granted, the world started passing me by, you know, and it started getting pretty uncomfortable. So, you know, that's what pushed me to, you know, I was a late adopter, you know, yeah. is what it boils down to. And, and and that's all fine and good. I'm caught up now, but trying to stay on top of everything is kind of daunting. You know, you've got everything from people trying to, you know, do, you know, turn your library into a streaming catalog and, uh, you know, everything. I mean, people have been arguing about the sync button and all of that other stuff. But what what it boils down to there is how much of this innovation is going to ultimately end up being exactly what everybody's afraid it's going to be, which is somebody stands up on a stage, pushes the play button and then literally jumps around the stage for an hour, or hour and a half. You and know? It,
2: that's already happening. Right.
0: No. And that's what I get, <laughs> but it makes it easier <laughs> for the next group of talentless it va- hacks to validate it. it. Right. Right. It keeps validating it, keeps it bringing in more talentless hacks and, you know, and, and all of that stuff. And, and, when 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 it's all just that easy, you know, and, but it and it all moves so quick that that's that's uncomfortable for me, because I just I feel like if you guys just slowed down a little bit, you know, go ahead, keep innovating, keep building on those ideas and and, and making great products and, and great uh, strides and making DJing enjoyable, all of that. But it, it just it, it all just moves way too quick. If if I'm if I buy a two thousand dollar controller and it's obsolete in six months, or I can't even get half the value of it on eBay, like yeah. <laughs> what what makes me want to jump to the next two thousand dollar controller that does all of this other great stuff, you know, other than just trying to keep up with the Joneses.
1: So you you know that I have to absolutely deb- devil's advocate. You absolutely. So and. But I'm I'm gonna preload it because um, as as much preaching, if you want to call it that, that I do on the blog and that that and that that we have done mm-hmm. on the podcast um, about embracing technology and innovation and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I'd be lying if I said I didn't share those feelings. Right. I mean, it's it it really does seem like DJing is on a fast track towards. Too much automation, right? To right. to the point where it kind of takes the human element out of it. If, at what point? Or makes it easy to at take what the point? Human does element the word DJ leave? Right. You know what I mean? Right. As, as as we know it, anyway. Exactly. Right. So I, I would be lying if I said I didn't have any feelings like that. Okay. Sure. But just to to be fair, I mean, I have hugely mixed feelings on this because if if it weren't for what you're kind of speaking to is. Um, feature bloat, right? Like companies like maybe Native Instruments and Serato and Pioneer and Reloop and Allen & Heath and all these companies, in order to stay relevant, they need to keep coming out with things. And they come out with things when what we've got is basically fine, right? Mm -hmm. Like we can all DJ fine with what we've got now, but I mean, you can't just not innovate and be stale and stagnate. You'll just, you'll go out of business. Right. 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 So rather, I mean, where else do you go? If you go too far outside of DJing, then you're just in production. So if you want to cater to the DJ market, you add more effects, you add more channels, you add more drum pads, you add more flashy lights and you add more automation. Right. And so it, but at the same time, because the market is doing so well for dj gear right now we've seen a lot of great stuff come out but
0: that I, I won't disagree with that and some all, of it is right.
1: like technologically so like the s8 i'm in love with the s8 yeah but some of it like the rain mp2015 there's nothing revolutionary about that mixer but it was is a combination of features that just didn't really exist before you know it's got the, the rotary mixer with the four channels with the isolator eq and the built-in certified sound cards all in one made by a major manufacturer it's just something that didn't exist before right nothing revolutionary about it feature-wise right mm-hmm. but that couldn't have existed probably if there wasn't this constant churn of marketing and products for djs right so I mean, what? Yeah, I guess you take the good with the bad, right? Right. But it's like at the same time, it also feels like we're shooting ourselves in the foot <laughs> by well, constantly turning out these upgrades and products.
0: Yeah, I mean, because just trying to stay on top of, because like, I, I mean, I, I'm I'm a pioneer guy, so I I like pioneers gear. Not to say that there's anything bad about Native Instruments gear either. I mean, I, I have a bunch of their gear for my my production <laughs> Excuse studio. Excuse me. And bless you. Uh, yeah. Bless Thank you. you. Thank you. Um yeah, there's nothing wrong with with Native Instruments gear. I've I've got plenty of that stuff in in my production setup, but just trying to follow Pioneer, you know, on Facebook alone. It f- it feels like, you know, every couple of months they're like introducing two more, <laughs> you yeah. know, or another here here's another controller. Here's another controller. And this one's aimed at this one at this price range. And this one's the, you yep. know, and it's like any more, you know, even when some of my friends who you know, hit me up and be like, "Hey, if I wanted to just get a controller to play around with, what would I get?" I God, I have Ooh. no idea. Right? Do you guys know how hard it
1: is to maintain the, the ultimate, ultimate guide? guide? No, I have no. <laughs> because I that's I break it down into my top five picks for three price ranges, right. and even that is really hard now.
0: Right. Because right.
1: they're they're all pretty good right. for what you know.
0: Yeah, for different for applications and yeah. whatever price range and all of that stuff. Yeah. So I mean. You know, with production gear, for whatever reason, for me, it's a little bit easier to ignore that stuff because there's so much of that, you know, yeah. it, I mean, whatever's out there in the in the DJ world, you know, multiply that by the nth degree and that's how much production gear is out there. So once you find some production gear that, you know, you're comfortable with and, and you're good, OK, you know, it's, it's easier to block out the noise, but. You know, sometimes with the whole DJing thing, because everything moves so quick, and then if you see something out there, and it's like, oh, well, that would be really cool to do, or I could learn how to do that if I had this particular gear, or I had this, you know, functionality, well, my gear doesn't do that. So now I've got to go and look at all of it, and then when you go and buy this, well, then six months later... Again, somebody else is doing something else cool or, you know, like Serato, they're always coming up with like these plugins, mm-hmm. you know, for uh, for their software. Like one of them is a uh, flip uh, Serato has oh, flip yeah. and, um, you know, so they came out with it. I watched the video on it. This is some pretty cool stuff. And I went ahead, I bought it, downloaded it. I use flip it's 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 really great you know software it's or it's a it's a really good plug-in for serato and then you know it integrates with the with their controllers but then not even a, a what a month or a quarter after they release Flip, then oh by the way here's the sx two <laughs> which has a dedicated flip button All right like, <laughs> seriously <laughs> like, you know, and here I am with an SZ. I'm not going to downgrade to the SX2 right. just so I have like a dedicated button for flip. Yep. But at the same time, like that'd be really freaking nice to have. Yeah, DJ <laughs> is bad
1: about
0: that. So, I, I mean, I and, and as somebody who's made their living in the technology field, like I'm, I totally understand what you're saying. And I totally agree because that's the philosophy that, you know, I live by, you know, as far as, you know, what I, what I do for my bread and butter. Um, You know, it's all about innovation because as soon as you become stale, then, you you know, then you're absolutely right. You're, you go under and, you know, so I totally get that. And I, I'm totally with it. I, you know, but when, when it comes to, me standing on this side of that fence as a consumer, yeah. it, it, it is, it's really daunting. It's really hard to keep up on everything. You know, it seems like every week when we get together, oh, did you guys, did you see this or did you see mm. that or did you see, you know, Pioneer or Serato or Tractor or, you know, did you see this new feature or did you see, it's hard, it's hard to keep up on all that stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's it's funny because everyone wants to kind of out-revolutionize everyone else. Absolutely. And it just, it makes things actually kind of difficult, more difficult than it needs to be, f- you know, considering the climate we're in. Right. Tony, do you have another wish for I
2: do have another wish, David. Sweet. Would you Would like I to it, hear my wish now? Yes, please. Okay, here we go.
1: Like to hear
0: Here it go.
2: <laughs> I wish. No. Um, I wish the scene, um, the people that actually go to parties and shows, I wish it wasn't so split. Um, where the EDM, you know, the people that are into EDM go to EDM shows and and are not so open to coming to, you know, an underground, more, you know, more of our style show.
1: Oh, so you're talking like within dance music?
2: Within dance music, yeah. Yeah, it's like... Um, If it's not EDM, they're really not open to going to, you know... A style of show that we would go to, and and same thing with people
1: that come to our shows, they wouldn't go to an EDM show. Okay. You know? So just for clarification, you're using EDM as like uh, the current EDM big dubstep,
2: room. Uh, bass music, future bass. You know, you you have your heads that go to the future bass shows. You have your heads that go to the so like you're, jamtronica you're, shows, but you're more mainstream electronic music shows or the, styles. Uh, sure. Sure. Okay. And it, I mean it doesn't even have to be so mainstream. It it it's, I, I just
1: clarify because some people still use EDM as an umbrella term for any electronic sure. dance music. Yeah,
2: we'll right? we'll go with so, we'll go with EDM. Okay. But it's just it's so it, it's so split, you know. Um and I just wish it wasn't like that. You know, the yeah. the heads that love their bass music and don't get me wrong, like I don't mind bass music at all, you know. Um but they're never open to coming to, I don't want to say they and they're never, but a lot of them um, are not open to coming to a house music show or a techno show. And same thing with techno and, and, and a bass show, you know? Um,
1: I know I'm guilty of that. I don't go to a lot of shows outside and, you my know, comfort zone now that I have the option. You just right?
2: you, like, you don't know what you're missing. And, and, you know, even when I do shows for, um, you know, prime social group and, and, you know most of the things that they book are the EDM and the trap artists and things like that and there's a lot of energy in those rooms and it's and it's great um you know but could i talk one of my one of my friends in that's really into techno you know hardcore minimal techno to come out to the show that it's actually right. pretty cool probably not vice versa you know it's it's really hard to get people to you know and 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 you know um friday night great example um mike donovan um he does uh uh volume deep house fridays uh once every other month and there there's a great vibe in the
1: room you know yeah, there's absolutely. there's it, it, it's we just saw d j sneak in dayton yeah yeah sneak came out mike said <laughs> a lot of cool. a lot
2: of good artists come out you know uh three dimensional we have a lot of good artists come out and you know you can't tell me that Anybody that comes to one of our shows or that style of a show would not have a good time. Yeah. You know, but the energy's great. Um, everybody's dancing, grooving, smiling, having a great time, and just you know, all on the same wavelength. You know, and it, and it's 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 completely different from you know,
1: jump around, raging. You know, mm-hmm. but and the worst w- part about it is at least. It, for in the experience of our local scene, the mm-hmm. the only thing that's missing is just just a few more people. Yep.
2: And I'm not mad at, at at either style. You know, I I like what I like, and they both have their things. But it's you know this group or this group. You know, most people are only interested in in that. They're uh, yeah. They
1: call that the uh, echo chamber. Yeah. It's just- yeah. You Whatever know, and, you're into is what you're into, and you live within that bubble. And, I, and like I said, I know I do it yeah, sometimes. You know, I mean,
2: I, like I said, I don't, I don't get into, you know, the rage and 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 all that. I'm not hardcore, but you know, it's got its place. I see it. It's great. It's it's cool. You know, it's 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 really cool to see. But you know, I just wish those people would also give other genres within EDM or electronic mm-hmm. music, an opportunity, you know, and yeah. go check out a show and see how fun they are and, and just how warming they are. Um, last two weeks ago, Claude Monstroke Wednesday night in Columbus, was great. You know, that club was, um, or is, sorry, so used to the EDM acts that come through there every week that you know, this was a little different for them, mm-hmm. but they watched it. They enjoyed it. They had a blast. You know, it was the bottle table serv- or the bottle service, the table crowd, whatever um, VIP table crowd. But they they enjoyed it, man. It was a great energy in that room, and you know, mm-hmm. hopefully that door opens a little more and a little more. But you know, that's one thing that I wish is just people would, you know, open their minds to going to different shows within the electronic music scene.
0: Yeah, you know, absolutely. because
2: there is a lot out there.
0: Yeah, calling back to the previous point, uh, I, I think I mentioned it earlier was that all of this, you know, stems from the old school rave scene, which back then everything was normally under one roof. You know, you had a couple of genres that went off and did their own thing, but it was you know an echo chamber. It was for that specific small subset of people, but those people were still part of the larger community you know, as far as raves were concerned and everybody went to, you know, the big raves and all of those genres were equally represented right. at those parties. You know, whereas now to your point, like, you know, there might be, you know, a, a, a bass music or a glitch hop show, the same night as a house show, mm-hmm. the same night as a break show, the same night as a drum and bass show. And it's like, when did we like, do that when did when did everybody just break off and say ah screw the rest of it I'm just going to do my own thing and you know and then that's all you hear which I mean you know what for whatever genres that you know those shows are geared towards I mean it's great if that's what you're into and but you know it it just is what it is and I'm with you I wish that it was more of a kind of coming back to under one roof under one roof and and you know not not one groove because everybody's got a different groove when in all these different genres but you know back to a sense of community like we were all misfits at some point and you know that's it it was it was all of the rave culture the community that we belonged to and and kind of you know came up in and you know now it's you know, I'm a brakes junkie or I'm a drum and bass
2: head or, you know. <laughs> At least the festivals now are, are actually starting to book. I mean, they have been for the last couple of years, but it's more and more frequent now. You know, you're starting to see more um Richie's and Marco Carolla's and Hot Since 82's and Tale of Us and, you know, all those names, Loco Dice on EDC Vegas, you know. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, not those names specifically this year, I don't know, but those names are starting to play those festivals that were you know only catered to your cascades and your tiestos and right. you know names such as that nature but you know hopefully them doing more and more and more of that in the big festivals is going to start opening a lot more minds too
0: one last thought on all that is that you know as everybody is screaming that that the EDM bubble is bursting and everything is going to come crashing down I think one of the cool parts about that is that when you start to see the names and the, and the, I don't want to, I don't really want to say caliber of talent, but like, you know, the, you, you think of one thing when you see these names in mm-hmm. box A, and you think something completely different when you see these guys that are in box B, mm-hmm. especially if you're familiar with, you know, both of those, you know, the the content of those two boxes Mm -hmm. and as things start to shift from a to b while the money is you know supposedly running out the future of these festivals i think is going to be really interesting to watch and see first which ones are going to survive and two like which ones are going to like really dig into high quality talent that charges a Uh, a reasonable price, even if it's still five or six figures, you know, whatever, who cares? I mean, that's if if the market bears that, then fine, go for it. But, you know, paying seven figures for somebody to stand up there and throw a cake at people and barely touch equipment except for 32 bars every three minutes, (laughs) 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 you know, like that. I think that'll be an interesting shift because then how many people will still be into it, too? You know, so we're, yeah. we're going to see some ebb and flow in both talent, money, caliber and actual attendance and everything. But I think we'll eventually get back to some equilibrium. It might take us a few years to get there, but I'll be excited to see how it all shakes I out. I
2: mean, it, um, Ultra, I watched, um, online, I wasn't actually there, but, uh, the, the, the resistance yeah. stage, yeah. the big giant spider or whatever, right. um, you know, from, uh, last year, I heard I just heard it was just mediocre. This year, I watched online. And I was just you know there was a lot of people at that stage, which was right. awesome.
1: Yeah, awesome. You know, yeah, I gotta throw out a, a shout to Paxahau too because you're talking about the box A names and box B names mm-hmm. and the festival in Detroit has you know movement, dempf, whatever you want to call it, has done a surprisingly good job on keeping the lineups pretty, pretty underground diverse and diverse. Yeah. I mean, not saying that they haven't thrown their occasional DJ Snoopadelic and <laughs> right. kind of right. random mainstream right. stuff right. in there, but in general, the lineups are appealing to people like us.
0: Right. 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 And in, it's the only festival I'll go to. It's the only anywhere. festival.
1: I, yeah, in I never go to in, in, the the States. States. in the States, in the States. In the States right. <laughs> but that's what, that's kind of part of my point there. Mm-hmm. They've managed to do that in the States in Detroit, which is like,
0: don't drink the water.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, it's like, <laughs> oh wait, that's Flint. De- Detroit, which needs all the help in the world, right. has not sold out on right. that. Right. You know, and and I think that's pretty cool. The other point um, is uh, I have to uh, give kudos to good promotion uh, uh, promoter outfits like Three Dimensional, um, which is full disclosure, Tony's company, Tony and Billy's company. Um, and Mike Donovan with volume and other just, you know, that it's the mark of a good promoter to be able to, um, bring in names that are going to keep the scene going, but also at the same time, introduce new things and new sounds and new concepts two people. So for, in the example of three-dimensional, you've brought in some names that we recognize and you've brought in some names we don't recognize. And that, I think that's part of the strategy of, especially in a town like ours, mm-hmm. of being able to maintain some momentum without doing the same thing over and over again. And because of, uh, you know, people here locally are doing that, I've been introduced to new kinds of music uh, that I might not have really reached out for on my own. Um, so this is kind of goes along with what you were talking about with, uh, you know, diversifying the types of shows I go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also an argument be, to be made for, uh, the you know, the promoter aspect of that and being able to diversify and bring something new to the table uh, while maintaining your brand. Right. Mm-hmm. So, do you want to do another? One? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Go for it. Um, just as with any of these other ones that we've got going on or you know everything is you know kind of pie in the sky you know if all things being equal if somebody gave me the magic wand type of thing but you know it, just as everything else in in the states especially like everything is always dog eat dog you know so for me i just i think one of the things i would really like to see or one of the things i would wish for is that especially in america that we would become a more uh Helpful, You know, it, we've talked about it before, you know, rising tides, lift all boats type of thing, you know. So instead of like trying to cut everybody down or step on whoever you got to step on and push down whoever you got to push down to get yourself up to the next mm-hmm. rung, you know, a lot of like European DJs, as soon as one of them makes it, they're pulling half a dozen new guys Uh, from up under them, you know, and, and really supporting each other. And, you know, it's, it's just this constant lift and pull, uh, type of, uh, DJ culture elsewhere. Whereas here, even here within our own local scene, it's, it can be pretty cutthroat. You've got people that'll talk all kinds of smack behind your back and you've got all kinds of people that will actively, keep you from getting booked just so that they can get booked rather even if they're not the right one for that booking you know or you know you may uh you know forge some kind of a friendship and 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 say you know hey if, if you get booked and you know see if you can book me or, or like let's try to get each other booked and you know there are a lot of people out there that will that's a one-sided deal you know so every time i get somebody booked with me or or whatever then next thing i know I never hear from that person again, <laughs> you know, and it's it it, it it's it, that kind of grates me a little bit, because if if everybody treated everybody with a little bit more respect and, you know, looked for other people that really want to take those kinds of reins and really looking for the opportunity to, to come up, you know, but everybody's got, you know, stipulations attached or everybody's got their own agenda that does not include you or, you know, whatever. So it's just this real self-serving kind of, you know, like I said, dog-eat-dog kind of thing. And I just feel like everybody would be a little bit better off if we were all really trying to help each other rather than just get ahead ourselves.
1: So let me just straight up ask you guys, I mean, this is something that is, uh, well, is this something that you guys run into a lot still? Like this kind of one-sided, kicking people down in order to lift themselves up. Are you guys running into that a lot still? Because the reason I ask is because it's really easy for me to, I'm afraid I'm viewing this through a lens because all the people that I've surrounded myself with now, speaking of the echo chamber, right. I mean, these are all people that think the same way that I do about this. And that's And those key. are the people I associate with, and those are the people that are attracted to passionate DJ. Right. And so it's easy for me to, you know, have all these people around me that think the same way, but... In the wild, are you guys running into this still? Is that how it's always been?
0: For the most part, for me, if it's still happening to me, it's not happening in front of me. So, like, okay. if, if those types of things are still happening to me for the most part, I'd like to think that it's somebody that's just behind my back. It's and a very
2: big part of the music industry and the entertainment industry, period. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Fair enough. Is it happening to us? No, personally, I don't think it's not happening to me. Right. I don't think it's happening to you. But and you, and you said it perfectly, David. It's because the people that we surround, surround ourselves, ourselves with, with, you know. Um, but yeah, it's a very, very, very big, big thing
1: in the entertainment industry. Period. Right, so I wonder how many Dayton-sized towns there are out there that don't have people with integrity operating behind the scenes. You know what I mean? To where. I just wonder how how different the struggle is. You yeah. know, we can only speak from our perspective here in the Midwest, but you know, what's what's the scene like in Memphis or somewhere, right. you know? I just I don't I don't know if it's it's got to be different everywhere and everybody surrounds themselves with different you know, support networks. And,
0: mm-hmm. Right. So,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, and and like I said, I mean I don't – if it is happening to me, it's happening behind my back. Like, you know, if I – because I don't really – I don't actively – to a fault. I I do not actively get out there and really aggressively look for bookings. But when I was, there were, I would say, a good half dozen DJs at least that I knew about and and even a couple of non-DJs. I mean, we're talking people who were not a DJ – may have been promoter or at least considered themselves promoters or whatever and actively out there, you know, slandering my name or talking smack about me or, you know, trying to down, downplay my skill level and all of that stuff, all in the name of, you know, either putting somebody else in that place or somebody else getting a booking over me or whatever. So then it doesn't just become about me. You know, sending an EPK out and saying or an email or or whatever, you know, and just saying, hey, I'd like to play that party or, you know, I would like to you know, be considered for an event or whatever. And then all of a sudden I find out through the grapevine that so and so and so and so and so and so, you know, we're all mm-hmm. saying, uh, well, this guy over here says you smoke crack on the stage. <laughs> That only happened once. <laughs> one time in your labors. Right. You know, but, you know, it's, it's just that 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 constant, you know, if that's the only way that you can get ahead. Put this
2: know, man down to get up on the next Right, day. because
0: if, if that one gig means that much to you, then I'll let you have it. Like, you know, because the way DJing works for me is that there's always another gig. You know, so I mean, don't get me wrong when there's those big gigs that I really, really want. Yeah, I would love to be on that on that stage. But if it's going to cause me a bunch of drama or if if there's somebody out there that is, you know, so into it that it becomes this and whoever looks at all of the facts and decides to go with that person over me, well, I'm not going to I'm not going to continue or to perpetuate that drama. I'm just going to let it go and move on to the next booking, Mm -hmm. you know? And then if somebody wants to come at me and say, Hey, I heard this or I heard that, or this person did this and this person did that, you know, then you handle it accordingly. I mean, I've, 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 I've confronted a few people and I've let a few people go, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and it all comes back to who do you surround yourself with for sure. Um, You know, I, because you can't you can't stop everybody from talking smack about you i mean i had a whole crew of people that you know talk smack about my parties for 10 years and actively went out and like tried to like you know post that the parties are canceled and you know, the cops are there and all you know all kinds of stuff you know and people did it for years you uh, know a, really a specific group of people and to this day some of the people from that group still smile at my face and shake my hand give me hugs when they see me at parties but i know they're snakes and you know that is what it is you just you you know to keep those people at an arm's length
1: well, i think too like the less that the less that you go out there and start pointing fingers at people and talking about other people and slamming them right. the less people are willing to do that to you right. they they don't right. think that you're receptive to it cuz you're probably not right, right. so Probably the less that we do that, the less we see it. Silence is golden sometimes. Well,
0: right, because, like, your first in- in natural reaction is to want to defend yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Or And that's even if you know it's happening. I mean, there were a bunch of times where I didn't even know it was happening until years later. Like, oh, yeah, so-and-so kept saying, you know, this about you, so that been, I ended up booking so-and-so because, you know, of whatever, you know. And, and when you work that type of stuff out with other people, then... You know, I mean, what are you going to do? Get mad about something that happened two years ago, five years ago? No, you, I've already moved on. I've played plenty of gigs since then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, especially when I was younger, my first natural inclination was to defend myself and be like, no, they're the crack smokers. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But uh, no, I, I just I really wish that, you know, everything from micro to macro level, like if we just had a better culture of of support, Rather than tear down, you know, we 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 could have something even better than what we have now. Um, you know, like I said, I mean, when you look at, you know, especially the Dutch, I mean, those guys. That, like as soon as one makes it, they've got you know twelve more, you know, coming yeah. up underneath them. Half of them are on tours with the big guy. <laughs> yeah, But <laughs> you know? it's I mean, it's just it, it, it you know.
1: Um, and to be fair, that does happen here. I mean, you've got like Kim's, like Dirty Bird. And, yeah, no. And, uh, I, uh, hot creations right type crowd you know yeah, they're, they're yeah, kind they're, of the same way
0: yeah no doubt i'm not seemingly. saying it doesn't happen at all for sure i yeah. mean it, it, it it's just it's it, it just seems like you know on a, on a on a more massive scale that you know the negative kind of outweighs the positive and yeah. and and kudos to any of those you know bigger acts and and promoters and agents that are in those positions that they can make something out of somebody who really wants it, you know, and, 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 and can open those doors for, for people, you know, the whole pay it forward thing, you know, because God knows if somebody came to me and said, Hey, guess what? Tomorrow you can quit your job. You're going to be on tour. You're going to make X amount of dollars and you're going to be playing for thousands of people for the next year. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, (laughs) can my buddies, David and Tony come too? (laughs)
2: You know what I'm saying? Well, that's when you have the upper hand and you can say who you want as your openers or
0: whoever you want on tour with Right. But you know what I'm saying? But, I mean, you get what I'm saying. Like, it's not a whole, like, all right, see you, Tony and David. Like, I got it. Send your postcard. (laughs) Right. (laughs) See it, guys. You know, and that's, I don't know, maybe maybe that's just, you know, where I'm at in life and an evolution of, uh, uh, you know, of, of years of, you know, different iterations of the scene and 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 our subculture but i mean that's just i that that's one wish that i really do have is that i wish we were we were more supportive of each other for Mm. sure
1: i've got one um i wish it were easier to make a living as a dj specifically as a club dj
0: yeah because a wedding dj you know mobile djs wedding djs those types of guys you know, I mean, yeah, they, it's they pro-
1: not easy to it's do, not, but
0: it's not easy and they give up all their weekends to, to be able to do that, but it it is easier to make there's more that money decision and, and make the money that is there in that, in that scene. So yeah, if you, if you're it's, clarifying, it's
1: more, yeah, it's, it's, it's easier probably to build like sustainable income doing that, especially if you've yeah. got some business savvy and, right. and stuff right. doing that. But, uh, it, and, and I think that that's one aspect of DJing where it's still, there's a, quali- a perception of quality that comes along with how much you charge. And um, I was talking to one of our listeners on a Skype call once, and um, he was a pretty successful uh, mobile DJ. And he said that he discovered that at a low price point he wasn't making enough money, so he bumped it up. And started making less money, but then he bumped it way up and and started making more money. So it was like it was a perceived quality thing, to where it's like, okay, if I'm only charging eleven hundred dollars to do this wedding, people won't charge me because they don't think I'm very good. But if I charge four thousand dollars to do this wedding, hmm. then he was getting more business because he was perceived as being top tier.
0: You know mm. what I mean? Huh. So it's kind of interesting the mentality. Yeah. yeah,
1: but I don't think that that applies to clubs
0: no really no as a matter of fact ever. it's 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 the exact opposite because i mean you know you get all these clubs that you know their budgets are what they are and some some are more stretched than others but you know especially when you're in a in a in an industry like djing there's always the next guy That may or may not be as good as you, but is willing to undercut you just to keep that, just to get that residency or that gig or you know or that that spot on a tour or whatever. You know, I I ran into that a bunch Uh, back in the early two thousands as we moved from raves and illegal underground parties into the clubs. uh, You know, we were all there was a bunch of us. You know that it used to be. Raves had, you know, all night lineups, multiple rooms, so you could fit anywhere from a dozen to two dozen DJs on one bill. And you could do that two, three, four times a month. And everybody's DJing, everybody's making money, and everybody's happy. But then, you know, As Rave Act starts taking effect and all of the local and state municipalities start clamping down on all the illegal and underground stuff, we started all going to the clubs. Well, the clubs open at 9, 10, and then they close at 2.30. Most of them, most, are one, maybe two rooms, you know, and they did not have that format, you know, that we did. They didn't go okay, here's a house DJ, here's a breaks DJ, here's a drum and bass DJ. No, it was, here is one sound from one person to maintain some continuity and flow with our format. So now they, you know, some of them were a little more progressive and started taking some of us in as guest DJs. Mm -hmm. So then you had this resident that played up until midnight, and then the guest DJ that played him to, from midnight to, say, 1 or one thirty, maybe 2 o'clock. And then the resident would come back and then close out the night. And, you know, all of it. So now all of us, the supply of DJs are no longer in really demand. I can remember in the course of maybe a year to a year to a year and a half, I went from, you know, anywhere from two to five hundred bucks an hour down to 50 bucks on a bar tab for a residency. And I said, okay, I, you know, I'm done. That's when I finally said, okay, I'm done with residencies. And even funnier story is that, um, I shared that residency with someone else (laughs) Right. You know, so we were alternating weeks. Mm. And the first time that there was like a conflict where, you know, we both showed up on the same night, (laughs) argued over whose night it actually was. And I'm leaving there like this is so not worth it. Yeah. Like we're fighting over 50 bucks. And a bar tab when a year, year and a half ago, you know, I was making 10 times that amount,
1: you know. Yeah. so, and, and I should mention, like, I, I acknowledge that the problem is saturation. Like, sure, there's, sure. there's more functional DJs now than there are clubs willing to hire them to play their music. Right, there's just, right. there's so many of them. But the problem isn't, I didn't want to bring the problem in as, as I wish there were less DJs. It's not really that. Right. It's, it's that I wish that there was a greater appreciation by DJs for what they're doing you know what i mean like the the dj's that are willing to go in and undercut and do whatever and and don't really get it um there's just no appreciation by most dj's or most people that hire them for what a dj is supposed to be doing especially in a like a residency kind of position yeah. a residency is not an easy job no. it's not it no, shouldn't it be not.
2: right playing for 5 hours is yeah play not for 5
1: easy. hours you got to you know be patient and reserved enough to not play all your hits, you know, when people request them at 10:30 and yep. you've got to deal with all that stuff all night every week, sometimes multiple nights a week.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, and there are people now willing to do that job for peanuts,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is unfortunate. Right. You know, right. because I would much rather see somebody getting paid $600 at a local small town club and do a good job, but I just never see it. Yeah. You know, that's just not something I've ever really seen since I've been into it here right. locally, right? And I that that would be my wish is I wish it were it were easier for good DJs to get paid in clubs.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because uh, you know, as with most most musicians, you know, I would I would venture to say, you know, everybody's got a day job, and yeah, people are musicians and play those. Gigs because, yeah, it's this what isn't exclusive love. to us, right? By any means. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's we love to do it, it's what you love to do, yeah, for sure. Um, and I tell people that all the time because you know, I, going back to my, my day job, you know, I talk to people all the time. You know, people are always asking me about DJing and production, and you know, and, and oh, so you've got music out like on a real label and stuff, <laughs> and what are you doing here? Uh, <laughs> yeah, have you seen my royalty statement? <laughs> no. Right? Me neither. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm not quitting anytime soon. So, you know, it's, you know, it, but it, it, it is. It's something that you love. And for the people that you gain as fans or, or people, you know, and I hate using that word. Um, but the the, the more fans. that you can... Huh? The word fans. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm not, right there with you. I, I don't. I don't like that. Like it, it makes me uncomfortable. It but. just
2: shows how humble we are. That's
1: what that is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know, I had to get over.
1: It. I had to get over that because yeah. just because of passionate DJ. Because what I have to call it something, right? right. So I, I try to mix in audience or yeah. followers or whatever, but it they all have some connotation. Connotation, yeah. yeah. And
0: I in my head, I like to I like to replace the word fans with the term people I've connected with through music. Right. But that does you know that doesn't flow as easily. <laughs> <laughs> But, we'll have to coin a new term. Right, right. <laughs> but uh yeah, it's just it it, it sucks. It, it's it's just one of those things that you know, for as long as there's going to be somebody willing to undercut us and other people who are willing to pay the bottom, mm-hmm. you know, to avoid paying for, you know, the top tier, it, it just it is. It's it's always going to be like that.
1: Yeah. My, my day job is, um, I, I don't have a real day job. <laughs> I work, I work what, from home, but I
0: do what you do. <laughs> so, but
1: I sell products on online, I have an online, right. um, uh, online account for we sell through Amazon and something that happens on there is that people will come in and sell the same product as you and they will undercut you like that right and then another seller comes in and they want to sell their stuff right away so they put it a few pennies less and a few pennies less and you can watch this happen if you watch any product on amazon long enough that has third-party sellers right it just starts a race to the bottom whereas if you you could just be like guys if we all just keep our price up here and only lower it to what the market demands we'll all make money right you know, and it's the same thing with DJing, but it's just you know somebody will come in and yep, I'll do it for a beer, whatever. Yep. And and I've done it, so don't. I'm not getting on my soapbox. That's box. why Drew, oh, yeah. Drew
2: and I moved to Florida specifically,
1: yeah,
2: to go down there to DJ. And you, you couldn't get in anywhere right. unless you were playing for free because everybody, like. Before the EDM bubble, you know, in two thousand, everybody in Florida, their moms, their dads, their aunts and uncles were all DJs. Right. You know, like you, mm. so if, if well, you wanted Florida to, Florida was
0: was like a DJ mecca. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, everybody wanted to be in the in the Miami scene and 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 the break scene and and even uh, Jungle had a a, a good like yeah. stateside like crew down there. Like I mean, well I mean Dave Menor AK twelve hundred is down there. You know, so yeah. I mean. It, there yeah I mean Florida was definitely like an electronic mm. music mecca you know similar to like techno is mm. for Detroit houses for Chicago that sort of thing but yeah I can remember there was a whole bunch of people that you know up here in Ohio that still to this day are you know bouncing back and forth you know mm. they you know they either move to Florida or they go down to Florida every so often but yeah exactly for that reason yeah um, we have any more wishes you guys think of anything? I mean, I've always got wishes, but I don't know that they uh mm. pertain to this show. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I definitely would 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 like to do this a little more often too. Do another
1: wish episode? Yeah, absolutely. I'm down with that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um call to action. I had one earlier. I wanted I should have said it then. I was going to have them it had to do with something you said. Oh, I know what it was. Um, call to action. <laughs> Tweet to at DJ with passion. Tell us your experience with, uh, in the local scene, in regards to, do you run into barriers, or is it uh, constantly people kicking you down, or are you always, you know, is it more the experience where you're all building a scene together and there's that synergy? What's your guys' experience with that? We'd like to hear that. Just send a, just send a, quick sentence to at dj with passion and uh let us know what your experience is in your local scene is it positive negative indifferent what you got would love to hear it and we'll see you next time Ciao. see you later
0: Thanks for listening to the Passionate DJ podcast at www.passionatedj.com. Check out the fan page at facebook.com slash passionate DJ or on Twitter at DJ with Passion. And always remember to keep on spinning.
1: Okay, cool. So I've got uh, kind of uh, another techie, kind of nerdy
0: one to bring in.
1: Do um, we do your wish yet?
0: No, but if he's going to do oh. the one I think he's going to do, I could go off of that one.
1: No, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. I cut you right off.
2: I ain't taking your wish from you. Yeah, I, I've never. <laughs> you can't take my wish from me! Damn, Debo. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: wish for more wishes. I say Debo? Nice.
1: (laughs) Sorry, go ahead, Tripp. I apologize.
2: That's my wish, Punk.
0: (laughs) And that's the outtake for this one. There it is.
2: Note to self, bring down four octaves.
0: (laughs) You're right. That's my wish, Punk. (laughs) Oh.